Well, good morning, everybody. Great to be here. Um, so I'm not going to preach a teaching message today. This is more a message um, <clears throat> about our commission and what we've been commissioned to do. Uh, so, so a message of encouragement and encouraging you to um, <coughs> to be a part of the commission or what we've been commissioned to do. So, um, Dennis, could you throw up the text, please? Oh, look at that. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Maybe Thomas was among them. (laughs) Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. I knew that. Not. (laughs) I did, but I didn't. Okay. Now, a lot of Christians are sterile. Now, what I mean is they never reproduce themselves. And when God has clearly commanded us to make disciples... Not decisions, or not just decisions. We com- he, he commanded us to make disciples. He didn't command us to make decisions. And so disciples we should do. So consider this. The total offspring of a single pair of flies, right? Yeah, you know how annoying flies are. The total offspring of a single pair of flies, if they survived to the end of the summer, would create a mound around about big enough to cover Germany. I don't even know how big Germany is, but let's say half of Victoria. To a depth of 46 feet. So next time you swat a fly, remember the importance of spiritual reproduction. Okay. So, but before Jesus ascended... He gave us a directive. What are we doing to carry out Christ's last command? Okay. Have you... You can take it down there, Dennis. Thanks. Have you ever been to a, like a reunion, like a school reunion or, you know, like a, a, a reunion of past work or college or something? But reunions are a great time to catch up with friends after a time of absence. And the disciples and Jesus had a reunion at a mountain. Jesus had uh, been dead and buried. He'd been risen, he'd risen again and was ministering. But this day, he was going home. He was going back home. 
It's time to leave the guys. And here is my final instructions. What a wonderful reunion. His sufferings were past and finished forever. Because he lived, they too would live. He stood before them in his glorified body. They worshipped the living and the loving Lord. But what are we doing to carry out Christ's last command? I never thought of it before, but it's kind of like when Christians pass, it's like they're going to have a reunion, isn't it, with those that have gone before them. Hadn't thought of it quite like that. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. I'm still grieving a bit from the passing of my brother couple of months ago and um, yeah but hmm, so he's having a reunion with mum and dad and all the others that are already up there amen amen alrighty let's move on um, <laughs> while I deal with my grief <laughs> not so much grief now I feel much better about that so although at this point Jesus had given them no instructions. The first thing that he said to them was, all authority had been given to him in heaven and on earth. That's like all authority, folks. That's everything. That's authority over, you name it. Sickness, um, security, I think security is a big one for for people. We look, you know, we look for financial security, um, and if if we've got some financial security, then um, we can have a roof over our head. We 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 like to have a roof over our head, somewhere to call home, don't we? Also, financial security fills the pantry, so. We've got a roof over our head and we'd like to have food in the cupboard. There's a couple of other extras that financial security can bring. Transportation. We like to have transportation. I don't know how far you could, you could go on a horse in a day. I, you know, like, I'm just thinking of like Jared, if you had to like come into town and do the shopping and jump in jump in a horse and cart and it'd probably be a day's outing from Bialaba, would it? Yeah, but you get to here and, and back in the one day, okay? Yeah. Without breaking down, hopefully. Oh, I know, horse is pretty right. He'd just, he just trot along, I suppose. You look after, look after your animal, he'll, he'll, he'll treat you well. Make sure the wheels on your cart are greased up and, got, and so on. But we like to have a bit of transportation, don't we? And now Jerry can just jump in the ute and in, in and back in, you know, a couple of hours. So we, we do like security. But, folks, what it, the, all of those things are earthly securities. But what about some security about when we 
you know, leave the planet. What about that sort of security? Some sort of uh, like, um, you know, it's a bit like superannuation, isn't it? We, we, we put that money away for later on. You know, we prepare a funeral plan. We, we put that money away to prepare for, for, for a, a future event. But we're all going to die one day. And we need to make sure for our, that we are secure for that future event of when we pass, when we pass away. <clears throat> if we do nothing, the default is that, you know, it's not that good. But if we make decisions for God, you know, salvation, then that's a lot better. But in this commission, it's not just about us. It's not about us receiving salvation. This is for those that have already received salvation to go out and help other people secure their eternal future. Yeah, Jesus says all authority had been given to him in heaven and on earth. That's and, and and you know, security, eternal security is just one thing, but authority over sickness and um and uh, and, and, and and over like I don't know how to say it, evil spirit beings, you know, satanic beings. Um or like evil people. Um, God has, or Jesus has authority over all of that. And if we have Jesus in our heart, we also have the authority through Christ. Now, Jesus always had all authority, but now in his resurrected body, he completed the work of redemption. And now the authority... Now he had authority as the firstborn of the dead. Jesus came back to life. You know, there were a few others that came back to life. Um, um, was, it, was it Hezekiah? Lazarus. Lazarus, yep. But they didn't come back in a glorified body. And they died again. And they died again. But Jesus came back in a glorified body, not to die again. So the disciples now knew that whatever Jesus asked them to do, they could do it in his authority. And that's the same with us. Whatever Jesus asked us to do, and it can be scary sometimes, but we do it in his authority, not, not our own. We do it in his strength, if you like. And not our own. And one thing I really like about doing mission work is, well, the challenging part is that God could give you a mission that you think, well, okay, um, I feel a bit like Jonah here. Um, I've heard what you said. Go here and do this. But I'm a bit nervous. I feel unprepared, ill-equipped. But the good thing is we don't have to worry about that because we don't do it in our own strength. You know? 
Chris and Hank could have said, well, look, it's nice to take a couple of suitcases to Vanuatu, but I don't really want to get on that boat. There could be a big storm and we end up like the Poseidon adventure. The boat turns upside down and we have to get rescued. But they didn't think that. They put their trust in God and said, hey, you know, let's go for it and trust God for the rest. I think that's fair enough. And in the armed forces, the commander, like, um, gives the orders and those orders are carried out on his authority. He has the authority to do that. You can walk down the street and you might walk past a policeman who's not at work and you wouldn't even know, would you? You're just wearing a regular shirt, jeans or whatever. But if you pass that same policeman the next day and he's on duty, just the fact that he's got his uniform on, you go, well, straight away you recognise, you respect the authority, don't you? You go, okay, I'll, um, I'll just behave myself till he gets, you know, down the street a bit. <laughs> no, you shouldn't think like that. We should be behaving ourselves all the time. But, but the, the point is, you know, we see, we see that uniform and we respect the authority that comes with that. And that's the same with Jesus. So do we realise that when we fulfil Jesus' instructions, and no matter what they might be, we do that in his authority? I've shared this, this testimony before, but we, um, in, in uh, 2019, we went to Kenya for a two-month mission trip and in that trip, we were to go to Uganda and back for a week and then back to Kenya. But when we left home, when we left here, we did not have the money to fly from Kenya to Uganda return. We, did, we, we just didn't have the money. And um, about two weeks out, the host pastor from Uganda calls and he says, how's things going, Pastor Stewart? I said, yeah, pretty good. Missions trip's going well, blah, blah, blah. He said, we're all ready for you. He said, fantastic. And um, I hung up the phone and I said to Helen, I said, how are we going to get to Uganda? She said, God will provide. Okay, no worries. So the guy calls again a week out. Hi, Pastor Stewart, how are you? Yeah, yeah, good, thanks, David. Um, everything's in order here. We've, we've booked the hall. We've handed out all the pamphlets. And so far we've had about 250 pastors and leaders um, booked. I said, great, fantastic, we'll see you in a week. Okay. Two days later, we prayed about it. We said, Lord, if you want us to go there, just, you know, like, make it happen. Two days later, this lady from Liechtenstein, and I don't even know her, like, she's been following our progress, our photos and stuff, our mission trip on Facebook. She messages me. And she says, hi, my name's Shannon, blah, blah, blah. 
the Lord's placed it on my heart to give you 500 US dollars. I'm going, in my head I'm going, no way. This is mental. Okay. No worries, Shannon. Are you sure? She said, yeah, I'm sure. I said, 500 US dollars. I said, are you absolutely sure? She goes, yep. I've been praying about it and I've been following your progress and that's what the Lord has asked me to do. She said, give me your bank details. Two days later, there was the US dollars converted to 600 and whatever. And we booked and paid for the flight to Uganda and back. We have 50 bucks left over. How's that? How's that? And I was sweating. <laughs> but we remained faithful. We remained faithful. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'd say, okay, at the end of the day, we just don't go there. And we just ring and say, we can't make it. We, we just can't make it. But we prayed. We had faith. I told the guy, I'll see you in a week. I didn't tell him anything about that we didn't have the money. I didn't want to burden him with that. It's not his issue. His issue was to hand out the pamphlets and book the hall and so on. And he did that. And we remained faithful. And when we got there, folks, you should have seen the hotel they put us in. If you go home, jump onto Google and Google the tick. T-I-C-K, the tick. We stayed in the tick in, um, um, what's that city? Kampala. Kampala. I kept thinking of Entebbe. That's where the airport is. We stayed at the tick in Kampala and you walk into the lobby and it's like three times as big as this room. All the walls are like dark oak and there's like statues and a water feature and huge big paintings on the wall and this staircase that sort of goes up it was grand and I said David I said we can't afford this I said it's too much he goes no 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 he said a whole bunch of ministers he said have have, um, raised money in their churches to accommodate you. He said, and I'm going to be your car driver for a week. I said, no way. I said, you're kidding me. He goes, no. He said, this is your place. He said, and it's all, won't cost you anything. It's just part of, wow. We were just overwhelmed. I've never stayed in such a fancy place. It looked like something out of, um, like, uh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, it was amazing. Anyway, so that was pretty cool. And um, and he was our car driver and our translator. And he said, come on. He said, we're going out to dinner tonight. He said, it's on me. And um, we went out and had some Ugandan cuisine. And I really like satay chicken, you know. And there was this chicken sort of um, with peanut sauce. Because peanuts are really big in Uganda. 
And I thought, oh, yeah, this will be the go. Original satay chicken from, like, the original. And I ordered it. Folks, it was disgusting. <laughs> the sauce was like this sort of, it was like, you know when you make a chocolate self-sourcing pudding? It was that colour and about that consistency and it was really bitter and I'd only ever had that once. Anyway, um, we're not here to talk about mission trips, but remain faithful. When the Lord asks you to do something, and this is in, in relation to what we've been commissioned to do, just remain faithful to that and God will provide And if it seems too hard, don't worry about it because the Lord is with you. And, you know, like Jonah, it seemed hard for Jonah. God said, look, I want you to go to Nineveh and and preach. And it seemed too hard for him. Or I don't really know the reason, but, but for whatever reason, he didn't want to do it. And he, you know, well, you know the story, don't you? He jumped on a boat and went the opposite direction. But he ended up in, in Nineveh and he did what God asked him to in the end. And whether he was afraid of that, but God was with him. And a lot of people in Nineveh got saved as a result of that. <coughs> the thing that struck me was that Initially, he disobeyed God and he became fish vomit. Like, you don't want that, do you? Like, you don't want to get to heaven and have this, like, label around your neck. I was swallowed by a fish because I disobeyed God. Like, you know, what would the relics think? So... Um, so what are we doing to carry out Christ's last command? Jesus gave three commands. First command was to go. Okay. Theref- go, therefore, and make disciples of all, all nations. So the first command is to go. And they were to make disciples. How? By proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ and that's how you make a disciple you proclaim the truth and then you can lead people into discipleship we need to preach the gospel and um, the disciples uh, were to see other people becoming learners or followers of the saviour from every nation, tribe people and tongue and I have no problem with that because um, God has... Okay, I want to do a show of hands. I've done this before. How many people here today were born in Maryborough? Lois and Ben. So two people out of all the rest of us have come from somewhere else to be here. Has not the Lord placed you... And also, Lois and Ben have remained in this place. And I believe the Lord has brought us all together whoops, to this place for the purposes of making disciples or fulfilling the commission that we've been given.
know, I come from Tasmania and I, I, I don't know, we've, we've all come from different places. And the Lord might say to you, I want you to go here or go there. It, it may not even be outside of Australia, it could be, but he might want you to just go around a corner or give someone a call. And I found this great app through the week. Don't be surprised if every now and again you might get a Bible verse come on your phone from me. This app comes up with two or three Bible verses every day and just so encouraging. And uh, I haven't shared any with church folk yet, but I've shared a few with my family and, um, and it's really great. So don't be surprised if, you, if a verse pops up on your phone from time to time. Um, so how are we doing on Jesus' last command? Do we proclaim the truth concerning Jesus? Do we make disciples? And the, so the first command was to go. The second command was to baptise. He said, baptise them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So first you make disciples, then you baptise. You know the drill. So the responsibility rests with Christ's messengers to teach baptism and to press it as a command to be obeyed. It's something we've been asked to do. In believers' baptism, Christians publicly identify themselves with the triune Godhead. They acknowledge that God is their Father and that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Saviour and that the Holy Spirit is the one who indwells, empowers and teaches them. One name or one essence, yet three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. The third command that Jesus gave us uh, in relation to the commission is to teach. Jesus said to teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. So you can go back through the Bible and look at all of the things that Jesus has commanded us to do. I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments per se, but other things that Jesus has commanded us to do, we should go through the Bible, yeah, get someone saved, make them a disciple, baptise them, and then teach them the things that Jesus has commanded us to do. Um, the commission goes beyond evangelism. It's not simply enough to make converts and then just let them fend for themselves. They must be taught to obey the commandments of Christ as found in the New Testament. And the essence of discipleship, folks, is becoming like the master. The essence of discipleship is like becoming... uh, Sorry. The essence... I've lost my place. Of discipleship is is becoming like the master. The apprentice becomes like the tradesman, doesn't he? And after he's finished his apprenticeship, then he's a trades, tradesman, tradesperson, and then they can go out and they can either work in their trade or they can disciple a new person to be a plumber or a chippy or a farmer or whatever it might be. Or a Christian. Hey? Or a 
or a Christian. So if you're a new Christian, I would be generous and say an apprenticeship these days is for around about four years. These guys in the Bible, they did it in three. But if you're a new Christian, I'll give you four years to get your act together and then, boom, let's get out there on a mission field, do some stuff. If you've been a Christian for more than four years, then you should know all about what God is doing in you and for you and through you, and then you should be sharing that with others because you've already passed the baby food stage. You're into the meat stage. And, uh, and um, so we should be getting involved. But if you've been a Christian less than four years... I'll, I'll give you a little while. I'll, I'll coach you. If you want coaching, call me. I'll coach you. I'll coach you for four years, whatever it takes, and we'll get you going. We'll take you on a few mission trips and do this and do that and get you organised in here and in here, and then boom, go for it. Um, so the essence of discipleship is becoming like the master, and this is... Um, brought about by systematic teaching of and submission to the Word of God. So then, as we draw a close, then the Saviour added the promise of his presence with the disciples until the consummation of the age. So we can do all of these things, but Jesus will be with us until the end of the age. They would not go forth alone or unaided. In all of their service and travel, they would know the companionship of the Son of God. And what are we doing to carry out Christ's last command? Where are we at? Do we struggle in our own strength? Or we do, or do we evangelise in and through the strength of Christ? I'm not saying you should go down the street and just stop every person and say, Hey, are you saved? I would never do that in a million years. But I'll tell you what I would do if I'm down the street and the Lord placed it on my heart, then I'll tell you a story about Dennis and I. I don't know if he ever remembers this. Uh, many, 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 many years ago, Dennis and I went to a um, denominational conference in Shepparton. You remember that? And anyway, there was, there was a, a, an afternoon break before the evening sessions. And Dennis and I were down the street, went down the street to get some fish and chips or something. And we talked about the idea of sharing the gospel with someone. And so we prayed. We said, Lord, send someone across our path so we can share the gospel with us, with them. And anyway... Just a few minutes after that, this girl was walking down a, down a footpath. We were sitting on a bench or something. And she stopped. She said, hey, you guys wouldn't happen to know what time it is, would you? Said, yeah, it's five o'clock. And off she went. We missed the opportunity. The Lord sent someone and we missed the opportunity. And after she went, oh, what? We missed the opportunity. 
It's as easy as that. Just say, Lord, bring someone across our path. He did. We missed it. But we learnt not to miss it next time. We learnt not to miss it next time. So, you know, I don't think we should get all hung up about doing what God wants us to do. But if we listen to what he wants us to do, then we just respond out of that. Um, Okay, so I just want to go over. The four alls, all authority, all nations, all things, all ways. Eternity is a serious word with two outcomes, folks. If we do our bit for Jesus, we can depopulate hell and populate heaven. It's what we can do. It's what we can do. Remember, this is no one else's commission. It's ours. It's ours as a church collective and it's also your commission as an individual Christian. But here at Wattle City Church, we own this commission. It's for us. And at Genesis, they own that, that same commission for them. And for, you know, Church of Christ and Salvos, whatever, wherever. They own that commission. And as a denomination, CRC Churches International, which is who we are, we also own this commission and have a resolve. One, to have a church in every African country in 10 years is what a shared earlier but number two is to have a presence in every nation in the world by 2045 that's the passion that this denomination has in relation to the great commission you might set yourself a target I don't know you might set yourself a target I'd like to get one person saved every year you know, pick a non-Christian. Don't do anything. Just pick a non-Christian that you know and just start praying. Just, and leave the rest to God. And he will just engineer circumstances. You know, I'm not worried about church numbers at all. And I don't, I would never say, get people saved and bring them to church. I don't operate that way. God will fill this church. And I, this might sound hard. I don't care what people do, whether they bring someone to church or not. It's nice and it's lovely when people come to church. Don't get me wrong. But God will bring people here. But if you can get one person saved a year, that's awesome. You're saving someone from hell. And it doesn't matter if it's someone in another town or another country or, you know, the other side of the planet. Who cares? It's... Like a saved soul is a saved soul. You know, that, that's the bottom line and that's what we should be doing because this, this commission wasn't just for, like, just to fill the church of Antioch, was it? No, they went on and 
and Paul planted churches all over the place and others have, have copied that style. So, so look, I just want you to be encouraged, folks, and just keep listening to what the Lord you know, lays on your heart and just run with that. Don't get too stressed out about it or too hung up about it. Just, you know, you might send someone a Bible verse and a text and you got no idea how that could impact somebody. You just don't know. You know, you, you, know, you, might, you might make a meal for someone or something. or You know, like um, Hank's going into hospital to have some surgery in a couple of weeks. You know, you might... You might Drop round some frozen food or something for them and, that you've made, or yeah, you know, it could be anything. Any, just whatever the Lord lays on your heart. It's it's easy, you know. I went through a stage. I think Dennis went through this stage. I don't know if he still does it, but I went through a stage where I used to pick up hitchhikers. Now, like it can be a bit dangerous. You might think, oh, well, it's a bit risky, but the other side of it is. Absolutely, they're not going to get out at 100k an hour while you shove the gospel down their throat, are they? (laughs) In a gentle way. But, yeah. So be encouraged, folks. And just keep rocking along with Jesus and and just do the things that he lays on. Yes, Chris? I had the times when I was doing the CRC. Uh, at school, and the kids would come up and give me a big hug in the supermarket. They'd say, see our food picture. So you never know when you can duck somebody. No, look, that's exactly right. You, you just, you know, it's just a point of contact, and God does the rest. You know? Right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this word, for this commission, Lord, that's ours. That we own it. We're part of it. We pray, Lord, that we can just roll along with the things that you place upon our heart. We can go here, go there, do this, do that, and um, that we do those things in your, in your name, in your power, in your strength. And, Lord, we just pray that you'll be with us every day, in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.